Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Wednesday, September 6th, and we're reviewing the first showdown slate of the DFS NFL season. This pod is also loaded with some best bet props. I'm hyped. Let's go. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome into today's episode. We are covering the Thursday night showdown slate and the NFL week one kickoff game between the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. And we are going to go through the full DFS slate. We're going to go through some props on the board that we like. We're going to check in with the gambling market and then we're going to shift the discussion quickly over to the Sunday slate and get some advice from our guest who's going to help break us down. I'm going to introduce him in just one minute, but before we get started, let me quickly run through the housekeeping and remind you guys to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Follow me on x.com at fiddlespicks. You can get access to a lot of my week one bets, some of my props already posted. You can see the unit exposure there. You can follow my gambling newsletter, a free newsletter that I'm launching this year. Uh, You'll have giveaways every single week. You'll get best bets. You'll get market updates and summaries. If you plan on betting on the NFL, you want to make sure you're subscribed to the at Fiddles Picks newsletter. It is a Substack. You go to fiddlespicks.substack.com or simply go to my X profile and click the link in my bio. If you want to tail my picks and get access to real time when I place the bet seconds after and notified what that bet is, join the Sports Ethos Wager Pass and Discord channel. And I don't think I have anything else to say. Let's get through the housekeeping and get to the good stuff. Joining me today is another sports ethos legend. He is one of my most trusted colleagues in the DFS space. I love his big brain. I love his first name, too. It's Mike LaFemina. Mike, welcome back to the pod. How are you doing today? Doing good, buddy. Ready to break down some showdown. Ready to get back into the DraftKings streets and rumble. Let's do it. Yeah, (laughs) You've been like dabbling in the golf DFS. You've been oh, yeah. dabbling. Do you do any baseball DFS? No, no, just, just golf and NFL. I try and it's too much of a commitment on the MLB on my side because I'm 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 yeah. into the PGA all summer. So it, I want to focus my attention on one thing and not try and which 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 do you, which do you prefer? Ooh. Uh, NFL. Because wait, wait. Before, 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 okay. I've seen some of the returns on this guy's PGA bets. I've just straight up tailed him on some of them. And if you guys know me, I'm not one to tail someone because I can handicap things myself. But sometimes when you notice a mind covering another sport that you don't even touch, it's like, all right, let me just follow suit because this brain works pretty similar in the space to mine. And I could uh, evaluate the evaluator. That's something the great Mike Lombardi always mm. talks about. He was the former general manager, cap guru with the Belichick, Tom Brady era Patriots. He now works for DraftKings, hosts 
a not host he's part of a weekly podcast which i love and uh so yeah he always says evaluate the evaluator so i think that's very important whether it comes to the betting space and if you're going to tail someone and start listening to these podcasts you want to make sure that the way that they're breaking down things is in line with the way you see the game too and the way you want to approach the sports book or the dfs space and all these things from a strategy perspective so let's jump right into this thing mike uh we are, again, going through the showdown slate first for the Thursday night game between Kansas City and Detroit. We are recording this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. West Coast time. Uh, as of right now, it seems like Travis Kelsey is going to be out. There seems to be a little bit of bouncing news in the market. But when the news first dropped that Kelsey was probably going to be out, the line has started ticking down and down to now Kansas City Chiefs minus 5.5. There's been moments where it was even 4.5. So I think it we could say Kelsey went from doubtful to questionable. In the totals realm, it's gone all the way as high as 54.5 and started to come down to 52.5. So... It seems, based on the scoring totals and the spread, that the sports books are pricing this as Travis Kelsey is likely going to be out. Even on DraftKings, it's down to a 4.5 spread. So we are going to proceed on this podcast as if Kelsey is not playing. We're not going to do a whole, well, maybe he plays, and if he plays, then we do this, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. As of this recording, the evidence points to he's not going to play. So we are going to break down this showdown slate from a perspective where he's not playing. And just like I said, from a gambling perspective, we're always going to check in on the gambling market and see if we can learn any indicators from this game. What I've seen is the Chiefs spread come down, the total come down. So maybe it's going to be a closer game. Maybe it's going to be less of a shootout of a game. Maybe there's angles to incorporate. I definitely wasn't playing a defense in this game a few days ago. Maybe I'm now considering playing those edges. Probably not. Maybe I'm playing a kicker if it's going to be a closer of a three-point game. Maybe I'm taking less of a dart throw of a random wide receiver. So we will, Or maybe I'm taking more of a dart throw of a wide receiver because Kelsey's out. So we are proceeding with this news as if Travis Kelsey's going to be out. And the, mar the gambling market indicates that as such. Mike, let's start off right with the captain position. Mm -hmm. And is it, is it really simple? Is it Patrick Mahomes and no one else? In cash, yes. It's just auto-click Mahomes, Goff in the flex, Amon Ra, St. Brown in the flex, and you figure it out from there. In tournaments, yep. you can you can get a you got to get a little more variety in there. Um, what you really want from your captain position, especially if you're in a tournament, is you need that guy to have the upside to be the highest scorer on the slate, right? You get the bonus 1.5x points from the captain position. So I see a lot of people try and get a little cute sometimes. Like, say, Kelsey's ruled out. They'll say, oh, well, Noah Gray's really cheap. I'll throw him in my captain position because it's cheap. And then I can just fill the rest of my lineup with studs. The problem with that is everyone else is using those studs as their captain, and they're getting 1.5x for those points that you're – accruing there and unless Noah Gray goes absolutely nuclear which is probably not likely you're just you're falling behind and it's it's a losing proposition so other guys that I'm considering in that captain spot obviously Amon Ross St. Brown he can get it done even if Goff has an off game we've seen 
he he amasses enough volume that he can, especially on a PPR site like DraftKings, he could go 10 for 98 and a touchdown and be perfectly fine. And at least keep pace with Mahomes or somebody else. Gibbs is the big unknown, right? He's what exactly is his role going to be in the offense? Is he just going to be the second in targets behind Amon Ross St. Brown in this passing attack? Because what's behind him as far as the passing game right now? Marvin Jones. Uh, shout out to Philippe Raymond. Yes. Yeah, hey, <laughs> hey. Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're making all the right points. It's it's got to be someone who's going to be or has a chance to be the top scorer. And for me, this week it's three options: it's Mahomes, Goff, Amon Ra. You it could go with Gibbs. I'm more of the the angling of let's wait and see it from Gibbs before we're ready to just throw the bag at him from sure. a captain perspective. Even in a GPP contest where you do need to be a little bit variable. That's not the variable direction that I want to go in in week one. I'm looking at the prop lines, and David Montgomery's rushing prop is higher than Gibbs. Yes. And the way that they're talking about Gibbs being, we're going to use him in ways that you've never seen. Well, first of all, we've heard that conjecture a gazillion, bajillion times with incoming new running backs. I can see your, your facial expression <laughs> just says I'm nailing this on the head. The only way that I could see this being any different is if on times where Montgomery is the running back is Gibbs, to your point, second in targets, is Gibbs legitimately going to line up on the outside as a wide receiver too. We've even seen handfuls of times when the the running back has lined up in the slot. We see CMC go in the slot very often. We see Eckler go in motion routes all the time and end up in the slot pre-snap. So the only way that this could be that variable is either the conjectures total horseshit or he's lining up as the straight up wide receiver too, which kind of takes just a different level of skill set and footwork and, and, and awareness. And apparently he's that special, but I'd like to see it on the NFL level before buying into it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so could, is there a case to be made for golf over Amon Ra for, Captain, are you immediately in the driver's seat of I'd rather Amon Ra because it's a DraftKings full PPR? I think that was a, another point of emphasis here. Someone like Amon Ra becomes way more valuable in a full point PPR in a captain's position. So now it becomes 1.5 points per reception for him. Correct. Um, I could see the Goff case, but I lean Amon Ra over, over Goff just because I think there's a safer floor with him and there's higher upside. Um, and if golf goes nuts, Amon Ra's a big part of the picture more than likely. Right there. I, I, yeah, I don't point. see a scenario where golf goes off and it's Amon Ra going three for 20, you know, like, like at what point the question becomes like, what are the chances or what's the percentages in which, Amon Ra is touchdown score of Goff's touchdowns, right? Because then the only way I'd say for Goff to outdo Amon Ra from a captain's perspective is maybe a two touchdown lead on him. So maybe if Goff needs three touchdowns to if Amon Ra has one or if Goff has three touchdowns without Amon Ra having any, 
that's the point at which Goff becomes more valuable. But straight up, if it's one TD versus three TDs, you still might rather the Amon Ra boost because of the receptions. And the way that this game should be played, I mean, it is trending under in the game total, but it is still going to be a shootout, right? Like, it is going to still be a one of the highest scoring games. It's still the highest total on the board for all of week one. We still don't have Chris Jones playing. So right. maybe Goff has a little bit more time in the pocket which allows Amon Ra to establish, you know, he's so crafty in his route running that if any bit of more time gives him the more ability to create separation against these defenders. So I think that is the correct play. Um, and then if we're looking over to the flex positions, it's pretty simple, right? It doesn't take that long to go through it. In a cash game, you're starting Mahomes and your captain, and you absolutely have Amon Ra and Jared Goff in your flexes mm -hmm. and then we could talk about some other dart throws around there and that's where i'll throw it to you to, to say which who's the next guy you like but i also want to say like does it is it that variable in the flex positions from a cash game to a gpp in something like a showdown slate yes you don't need to correlate your lineup quite as much in a cash lineup because obviously right. you're not you don't need to beat the entire field. You just need to beat half the field. So, so you, but even within that, right? Like it's only one game. So there's only so many over correlations you can go. Right. So there is still correlations between kicker and quarterback. And there's, you know, correlations between wide receiver and tight end and quarterback. So, so for, for the core, um, I guess the correlations are, are determined by how you stack different teams, maybe like five players on one team or situation or three versus three versus in a cash game. Yes, and also, so, so like, for example, I don't really like putting Bucker in my flex if I have Mahomes as my captain because in a dream world, Mahomes is going off and it's touchdowns they're scoring. And in that case, Bucker is not as valuable because he's only kicking extra points all night. So, um, and then to your point, yes, your roster construction is dependent on who your captain is as well. Um, and if you, who you're putting in the flex, obviously dependent on who your captain is. If it's Mahomes, you want to get some pass catchers in there with them. If you have Amon Ross St. Brown as your captain, I'm going to limit it in my flex to maybe one other pass catcher for the Lions because yeah, probably only, at that point only Jared Goff, right? But I think for me that would be the same, and maybe I'm just maybe it's too specific to this particular game. Yeah. <laughs> if I had Amon Ra, I mean in a cash game, I guess I'm blanketly going Mahomes. But even if I was crazy enough to put Amon Ra in my flat in my captain in a cash game mm -hmm. point, maybe me and you just made such amazing points a few minutes ago <laughs> that we've convinced everyone to even go Amon Ra in the captain spot. That build, I'm still not putting Josh Reynolds or Laporta or one of those guys even in my flex. I don't think, like, no. in that sense, it wouldn't be that variable. But you definitely, definitely, definitely need to be aware of how your captain correlates with the rest of your team in, in, in any format. So, Mike, in a cash game, Mahomes is both of our starting QBs. Yes. And our, and our, and our starting QB, our captain of the team, sorry. Uh, who else are we filling in these flexes besides Amon Ra and Jared Goff? If you were like to give out one more name that was a lock, because we always do a core four here on the Advantage slash DFS Today podcast. If you were going to give one more name that was a lock for your lineup, 
where would you go? Skymore, $4,800. I want at least, okay. I want at least two pass catchers if Mahomes is my captain. And 4800 is just too cheap for what I think his role is going to be. This is me projecting a little bit on what I think Sky Moore's activity is going to be in this offense. Um, I think you've made this point before as well. I think he's going to overtake that Juju Smith-Schuster role in the slot. Um, I, no, 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 no. I stole that point from you. <laughs> Don't tell me I made it. You made it. Yes, yes. It. We, we collaborated on it. We'll call it that. Um, <laughs> um, so I think, you know, there's there's going to be volume and – I don't know what else is going to be going on with this Kansas City receiver room after MVS and after Sky Moore. Um, you've, I, they may have seven receivers active tomorrow night, especially if Kelsey, Kelsey is ruled out. I think they would keep them all active. And I think it's just going to be a rotation of Rasheen Rice, Justin Ross, um, Kadarius Tony mixing and getting back. Justin Watson. So instead of trying to play that whack-a-mole game, I'm going to take the trusted route tree that I know that Sky Moore is going to have. MVS is a little too variable for me for a cash. I like. I don't hate it, but his target tree is the deep ball, right? He's not getting the easy slants over the middle. So he's... He's high ceiling, low floor. And in, in cash, I tend to be a little more conservative and go with the higher floor guys. Justin Watson or Richie James? Watson. Um, okay, I'm going to say that Watson becomes my lock core four, oh, fourth member okay. then. Because $200 price tag yeah. allows you to do some other things in this particular slate that I really like. We talked about if Mahomes is your captain, you ideally don't want the kicker in that situation. I was thinking you'd maybe want the Lions kicker yep. in a shootout situation where that on the reverse side, I wouldn't take Mahomes' kicker. I'd be taking the Lions kicker. Um, but just that doesn't seem like it to be a direction that I want to go in this slate. I'd rather stack pass catchers in what could be a game that moves a lot, especially without Kelsey. The targets might be well dispersed. So having a $200 guy when everyone else relatively that I want is north of $3,000, then that's that, that would be my fourth lock to provide other people who are listening flexibility to move throughout the rest of the lineup. Uh, is Noah Gray a, a strong play if um, Kelsey's out? I think so. It's, it's tough to say with any certainty because – I don't even remember the last time Kelsey's missed the game. So we have no evidence of what they're going to do without Kelsey in the lineup. He did mix in quite a bit on his rookie year last year, even being the tight end too. I think he had 30-something catches and 300-something yards, which doesn't sound like all that much, but as the tight end too, no, that's, that's for a back end, tight you end, know, for a backup tight end. He was to the best tight end in the league already. Who's already swallowing up most of the, right. Ball. So I think 
you know, obviously he's not Travis Kelsey, but I think he'll he'll earn some targets, and I definitely will have him in my mix for sure. I think is there anyone else that we want to like talk and compare on this slate right now, or should we just start moving this over to the props discussion? Let's just say there's no way you're playing any defense. Right no, now. I'm out. Okay, the last one that I want to throw at you. Mm-hmm. What about um, McKinnon? Does McKinnon become an uptick and someone in, because his price tag mm-hmm. is kind of tough to work with on this slate at five thousand six hundred? Yeah, like. Would you rather MVS or McKinnon? Are you are you incentivized to fit McKinnon in your lineup somehow? Generally, you don't stack quarterbacks and running backs, but here's a situation where he clearly resumes the pass-catching role in this system, mm-hmm. and with Kelsey out, he might get a ton of dump-offs, and he's coming off the back of last season where he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'd lean MVS over him, just price-related, but um, yeah. If, if I'm going to play at Kansas City running back, it's going to be McKinnon. Um, I, don't, I don't like Pacheco's price. Um, I, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire was all his snaps in the preseason were with Mahomes. So I don't even know what that's about, if that's even going to, if that's going to translate to the regular season, or are we going to see a timeshare of, CEH and Pacheco on base down work, and then McKinnon gets the third down slash two minute offense work. Only if the game's not close. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, like that's where I start starting with my TCH. This might be a game that's not close. I mean, yeah. everyone's thinking Kelsey is going to be out. Chris Jones is going to sit out. So, wow, the Lions are really have a chance to steal this one. It's still the Kansas City Chiefs coming off the, yes. the Super Bowl win, and still Mahomes. Uh, Mike, you know I'm you know I'm knee deep in the gambling world, right? Uh, I'm reading this book called Gambler by Billy Walters. I can hold it up for you right here, and in it, it has some different like tidbits about the way pricing is affected. And this one says, for the winner of the Super Bowl in the first game of the next season, plus four points on their spread. Hmm. So. He thinks that that home field advantage coming off the Super Bowl is quantifiably worth more than a field goal. That That's is massive. Absolutely insane. So that is a real edge in this game. If the goat of sports gambling of all time is writing that in a published book, then that's some real deal stuff. The last thing I want to go over before we shift over to the props is who are some dart throws if you were going to play in a GPP and you were going to uh, captain Amon Ross St. Brown? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so not so much a dart throw, just real quick before we get to that. Well, I think about that. I meant like, um, who are some other, not, not dart throw. Dart throw wasn't the right terminology. Who's the right pivot point in conjunction with a, uh, Amon Ra. So if you're going to go for, like a real big win, you want to have a little bit variable captain and probably one other person who might pop off and 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 be outside that group. So, I mean, I can't get behind playing David Montgomery at his price. Uh, See, I'm okay with it, and here's why. It Chris Jones being out, I think, is going to open up a lot of the interior line for the Lions. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Um, 
I think he's going to get the goal line work. Now, I could be way off on this, and they could just give it to Gibbs, and it's a sad night. But um, I'm okay with sprint. Like, he's not like a lock or anything like that. I think he's a leverage play. Like, if he's one way you could get a little different, and it's a way to get unique in your lineup, and he's, you know, he has some touchdown upside, which we're looking for. Um, in showdown. Do you think he's going to be the lowest? Sorry for interrupting. No. Do you think he's going to be the lowest owned player that like has a legitimate chance of scoring over ten points? I think Pacheco's going to come Laporta, in lower. Laporta, and... You think Pacheco's going to come in lower in the in the lineups? Really? Yeah, I think. Then Montgomery? I think so. Uh... Oh, that makes one of us on that. <laughs> We'll we'll have a side bet. Um, it might it might be they'll they'll it'll be close it'll be close. But yes, Laporta is going to be half of both of them. I think I don't think a lot of people are going to be going to Laporta. Does he have any chance of rookie tight end in his first game? I mean, you never want rookie tight ends in fantasy, but he is going to get the full. He, work that's the that's game. the argument. He's going to have the volume. Um, you know, yeah. somebody's got to be the number to two me, in this offense. To me, it's a clear no when you have Sky more cheaper. Like, yeah. There's no way I could Laporta. That would be a like that would be a major like that's what I'm saying. Dart throw pivot point. I think if I was gonna captain Amon Ra, I would pair Harrison Butker. Yeah. As a weird yeah. toss up thing. Maybe hits he hits two fifty yard bombs and a and a forty yarder and then has three extra points and he's got twenty points. I will I will say, if you want to get freaky, you could leave Goff out as an Amon Ra captain and just go Amon Ra and then Mahomes and the Chiefs. And Chiefs because I kind of alluded it to before. Amon Ra can go get get there without Goff. And not not a lot of pass catchers are like that, but he's a special case um, where he can get there on volume without Goff going off. So that's one. All right, so that makes a, a few exciting possibilities to take some different pivot points if you're going GPP. If you are going cash game, and for me, I'd recommend 90% of your bankroll in the DFS space be in cash game tournaments. That's um, that's my approach. Uh, Captain is Mahomes. Amon Ra and Jared Goff are absolute locks in my flexes for both of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike is going to go with – who'd you say was your was your fourth lock? Sky Moore. Sky Moore, and mine is going to be, because I'm just trying to be different, I'll also have Sky Moore. <laughs> it's going to be Justin Watson at $200. All right, Mike, let's take this over to the prop market for this game and give out some best bets if there's any still left on the board. Where this props first posted, the first thing that took major movement was the Jameer Gibbs over on the rushing yards. It opened at 275 it since took some major oversteam and is up to 38.5. When you miss a number that it's taken that much movement, you miss the bet. I strongly advise people not playing into it from a betting perspective. If you really like the Jameer Gibbs over, then now you should be considering putting him in your DFS lineup like we just spoke about. So even though I just said very negative things about Gibbs. So, <laughs> Mike, my question to you, out of all the DraftKings props that are still on the board, is there anything that you've taken and is there anything that you particularly like? So when the Kelsey news first dropped, I grabbed the Sky Moore over on receiving yards at 40 and a half. 
It has since ballooned up to 45 and a half, I believe it is, on DraftKings right now. So I think that's a pass at that number and just play him in DFS instead. Is there anything else on the board that you still currently like, or is that it? Feel free to say that's it because I really don't like forcing bets. I talk about it all the time. There's power in us as the better that fan, that DraftKings and FanDuel and these sportsbooks have to price every line. But as betters, we don't have to bet them. We have to bet the ones that we see have positive value and we can obtain you know, closing line value on and go through all of these metrics and indicators. If there's nothing on the board, there's nothing on the board. So is there is there anything yeah. currently available I- that you like? I might sprinkle something on McKinnon anytime touchdown, but I wouldn't recommend anybody doing those unless you have like a strong conviction. Um, I just could see him definitely scoring. What's the number? Being, he sco- I last I saw it was at one plus one eighty. So okay, oh low. So he's he's pretty it's, much for that's a. Pretty, that is yeah. a 36% implied probability that McKinnon scores. I'm not going to tell you on that one. I don't mind it because I know he's very much a red zone back and he's very used around the goal line, even though he's not a power back. This team doesn't really have like a big power back. Pacheco runs hard, but I wouldn't really consider him like a goal line power back type of guy. McKinnon does come in on those one yard situation and runs out to the flat and is Mahomes safety valve. So he's been pretty good at that. Or it's that little inside flip of the thing that Mahomes does like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that thing. That's what I envision. But other than that, I think I'm good on props. Right, sadly, the prop discussion didn't last too long. I also said from a betting sp- space, and I'll reiterate this, the way this line and game line has been bouncing around and the uncertainty of the injury news, it's not worth placing any game bets on either. So maybe this is the only one where you're going in mm-hmm. DFS showdown slate or simply just kick back and watch the game. I've also said this on numerous <laughs> podcasts. We've grown up for... 10 years plus before sports betting was even legal. Anyone who's currently betting on sports had at least a decade as a sports fan where they never placed a wager on a game. So now I don't understand the rationale to feel like you need to bet on every game you watch or you, you have to have a higher level of enjoyment. Just kick back and watch the game. Let's take this discussion one more place, Mike, over to the Sunday slate on the DFS board. I want to get your opinion because this is something we'll do weekly when we have you on. I want to get your opinion on who are a few guys that you are really highlighting on that Sunday board? Because I'm going through spend-up options on Tuesday. I'm going through value options on Thursday. I got a chance to speak to you midweek and tell me who's catching your eye. First one that catches my eye right off the board is Chris Olave, being only 6500 He's not priced up with the super elites, which he probably shouldn't be, but he's he's definitely that next tier under. He he should be with the Keenan Allens and the Devonta Smiths. Um, I don't understand why Tyler Lockett or like I week one saw pricing's softer than normal because the pricing comes out way in advance, but um, sixty five hundred for a lave against a Tennessee sec- secondary that I have no qualms with him tearing up at home um got Derek Carr getting him the ball there are some people who are there are some sharp market people who took the 3.5 off the board and now that's pretty much a plus three everywhere so if the Titans are keeping this game close or possibly even winning then that's going to put the Saints in throwing mode 
Uh, did you say that's it for you of people who really stood out? I got one more given the Cooper Cup news today. I think this is a Tyler Higby smash spot. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I usually try and get cheaper on tight end, but forty eight hundred is still a very viable price. Seahawks typically have stunk against tight ends. Um, Higby's a volume target monster, even with Cup on the field. Without him, I mean, we got we're talking about Van Jefferson and Tutu Outwell and uh, what's his Puka Nuanka or whatever his his name is. So. Uh, I just there's nowhere else for Stafford to go. It's it's Higby all day for me. Is Van Jefferson a strong play at 4,700, or you think even that price tag's a little? That's like that's that's almost the price tag it should have been when Cup was ruled out, and then like we knew he was going to yeah. be out when the prices dropped for Van Jefferson to come out at 47 off the bat, and then the Cup news to break. It's like, ooh, yeah. I thought I was gonna definitely play this guy at thirty eight hundred, and now it's forty seven. It's like, ooh, I got, I have much harder decisions to make. Yeah, I'd rather play like Zay Jones at forty five hundred, or Adam drop down Thielen, and get safe. Adam Thielen at forty six, or Van Jefferson at forty seven. Uh, Thielen, and I don't neither really, but Thielen. If I had to choose between the two, okay, I'm just grabbing someone who's close on the board. Getting your, uh, let me ask. I, I like I. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yep, go ahead. I'd rather pay a couple extra hundred and get Jahan Dotson or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Right, than... especially if Dotson's a great one. Especially if McLaurin's banged up, even entering Week One, and going yep. against the Cardinals. So that could be a nice place to grab a Dotson. Um, let me ask you a few other things. Are the Washington Commanders an absolute lock for your defense because they're playing against the Cardinals who have announced Josh Dobbs as the week one starter? Uh, in cash, they absolutely are. Um, I'll, in tournaments, I'll sprinkle in a couple others just because defense can be a little wonky sometimes. It's the least predictive of all the positions. Yep. Um, so, like, if I had to pivot away from that, I think Jacksonville is really intriguing. Um, Anthony I'm Richardson. not an Anthony Richardson guy. So. <laughs> um, and Can then if you want yeah. Patriots defense going against the Eagles. Call me fucking it. crazy. But if you wanted to do a GPP <laughs> pivot in a very variable position, look at the game and the way this has been moving in the gambling market. Opened at 46 and a half. Total's been smashed to the under. It's all the way down to 45 or even 44.5 popping up at places. That's insane. Uh, the e- the Eagles line thing opened at five. It's come down to three and a half. There are definite sharp groups. This one I know for a fact on the New England Patriots. So if the Patriots are going to be short dogs in a home game, Belichick had rest time. And everyone, you know, we talk about Super Bowl positivity for the Chiefs. Super Bowl hangover is also true and quantifiable in this book from the Eagles' perspective, and it's not a good thing for them. So this could be a game where the Patriots are very low-owned and end up scoring, like, a really reasonable thing and are a low-priced spend for you for your options. Yeah, I love that, especially because if you go that route, you don't need them to be the top-scoring defense 
on on the board, right? You just right. need them to keep pace, which they absolutely could. Um, if you want to get really down in dumpster, I think you it, you could build a case for doing the Raiders at twenty three hundred, just almost the stone men. Um, if like Russell Wilson has not done anything in the preseason, that's swayed the taste out of my mouth from last year's performance. Uh, you got Judy trending north towards not playing. So there's really only Sutton and rookie Marvin Mims. As far as pass catchers that you're concerned with, you got Javante Williams, who's coming off a torn ACL, MCL, and LCL. So Jesus. who knows yeah, what's... So <laughs> yeah. I know he's so a miracle healer, like he's Wolverine. Right. I'm, I'm a little skeptical about exactly how good he's going to look. You know, Samaji P. Ryan is, is fine, but like there's not a lot of explosiveness there um, yeah. that I'm concerned about. So I'm, I'm looking through some of the other options. I, I really like Dobbins. I'm going to talk about some of these value options mm. on tomorrow's pod. That, that'd be another name that I like yeah. in a massive situation. The one question that I'd like to ask you, Mike, and then we'll go. Um, Jalen Hurts versus Joe, uh, Jalen Hurts versus Justin Herbert versus another quarterback that's potentially a value option that I'll discuss tomorrow. I thought the matchup, and I just talked about the Patriots, so if you're taking the Patriots in this flyer situation as a defense, there's no way in hell you're playing Jalen Hurts. But maybe you're playing Commanders because 90% of my cash game concepts are are that, and I will definitely be playing the Commanders in a cash game. Maybe you're playing Commanders. Do you play Jalen Hurts at 7.8, bad matchup, but really, really fair price considering that. Like, really fair price. Or $900 mm-hmm. left for Justin Herbert in a dream matchup where he's a home favorite, yeah. being sharp that direction, trending towards the over. All his pe- players finally healthy. You can save a little buck here. Or is there a different option that I'm maybe not seeing that emerges on the board? <laughs> I like paying up for quarterback when I can, when it makes sense. And I'm, I lean hurts here. 78 is more than fair for a price tag for hurts. His rushing upside just provides a floor that even if the Eagles offense is struggling, he can still get there. Um, Herbert's not a rusher. That doesn't automatically mean that, you know, he's a fade or anything like that, but he just, he has to be completely awesome in the passing game to keep to get there. Um, you know, there could be a scenario where Austin Eckler just goes nuke and gets all those touchdowns you're done. that he always does. You're done. You're done. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah. As far as a, as as a value goes, um, I'm it. He's not quite low enough to be value value but the lowest i think i would consider going you're gonna say anthony Richardson would be no 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 <laughs> <laughs> i think is gino i okay. i'm a gino guy i know some people Me think too. last year was a complete fluke but um i think this rams defense is bad and He's going to have his full complements of weapons here um, at home. I think they're 
five and a half, six point favorites. I didn't, I didn't check the lines to see if Fitz moved at all since after the cup six, news. Six now with cup out. Yeah. Um, so how did they get there? I think it's through the air with Geno Smith. I kind of agree. I think that's another great option. Um, great. So if I'm kind of forcing Mike into giving us a core four, I'm realizing he just gave out Jalen Hurts, Olave, Higby, and Commander's defense. <laughs> yep. It's going to very much re- resemble the core four that I give you guys on Saturday. But, of course, I will be back tomorrow doing a value breakdown. We're going to go through the rest of the board who wasn't on the Tuesday pod, $7,000 or above. Go make sure you listen to the week one slate breakdown. Happy that you were able to join me, Mike. We are going to be breaking down showdown slates all season long. Hopefully next season I will show up on time. My computer won't die in between, and we can get this done in quicker time and quicker fashion. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for being patient with me throughout it. And, of course, to all the listeners, peace out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.